Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backward. With Rick and Rick and Will and Zemma. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to another episode of Ten Backward, a Star Trek podcast from Merry Old England. My name is Rick Palmer, and as ever, I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Gemma Turland. Hello. Will Turland. Hello. And Rick Everson. Now, why why am I introduced last? Once again, I'm back of the queue. Ah, <laughs> ah um. Points, points for an early joke. Um, oh, wait a minute. I don't understand. Why is that? Starts with me to go on. Sorry, sorry. Why is that relevant to this episode of 10 Backwards? Well, I'll tell you because in this episode, okay. our topic of discussion is the Q continuum and Q, mm. and Q that we meet in uh, series like TNG and Voyager and briefly in DS9. Um, and I, I, in in the the world of of Q, I mean, when we first encountered Q, it seems like he's the only Q, and then later on we discover other Q and a whole society of Qs, and they're all confusingly called Q. Yeah, indeed. I mean, um, my inspiration for this episode was actually a quote um, from about it was about another another TV show which I'm a huge fan of called Adventure Time, and the writer. Oh. The creator of that is a chap called Pendleton Ward, and it was just a little. It was a brief. It was a brief quote, which begin a word which begins the letter Q. Um, that he was just talking about how he came up with the idea for a character called Magic Man, who is a antagonist in Adventure Time, and he said it just he just came up with it really by watching a lot of a lot of Star Trek Next Generation, and, and he was just basically saying Q is very similar. The inspiration for Magic Man was cute and, and it just got me thinking to um the portrayal of entities like q and magic man in tv who are and what they are and 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 the sort of the, the influences that come the, the influences behind these sort of characters and 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 then q's sort of role and appearances in star trek and um i mean there's plenty of material for us to go over because he uh, he not only showed up in the first ever episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, but he pretty much showed up in every season, except season five, I think. Yeah, he appeared in the last episode of Next Generation as well. Yeah, and then, as you mentioned, DS9, and then then Three Voyages as well. Yeah. uh, When we were talking about how we were going to approach this... um, Rick, you you pointed out that there we we encounter Q like beings before they're they're labelled Q. We, mm. we we actually encounter Q like beings in the original series, um, and the, you, there's one in particular episode, isn't there, Rick? That um, you you'd watched, uh, yeah. In um, an original series episode called The Squire of Gothos, where the the crew of the Enterprise end up on a planet where they meet. A being called Trelane, who has a flair for dressing up, and I have to admit, I'm um, I'm not sure, but I, I'm sure I read somewhere that that at some point Liberace was going to be in an episode of Star Trek, and I feel like this might have been the one. Um, I'm not sure if any of you guys know any sort of Star Trek sort of um, folklore that might be <coughs> correct about that. But anyway, because they meet, because when they turn up. 
he's playing like an old time. He's playing a harpsichord basically, and mm. uh, you know he's, he's he dresses up and he has the power. He has made many of the similar powers that that Q will eventually have like 20, 20 odd years later in TNG. And you know, of course, this is a this is a, this was written before the the character that we come to know as Q appears. So. Um, you know, I'm not sure if it's canon, but it's. I think it's something that's intrigued Star Trek fans. Is as if Trelane is a, a member of the Q continuum. Yeah, I'd I'd read that um, even in the 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 HD remaster, the original series. I read that they they went back and they they added in a. Um, I don't know if it was actually John Delancey or if it was a an actor who looked like John Delancey, just, just to imply, sort of in a background of the scene, just, just to suggest that, um, wow, okay. that perhaps Trelane was cute. Yeah. I, but I don't know if that's true. I, I don't know if I imagined reading that. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's a, it just seems odd <clears throat> that you would, you would digitally, you'd go to the effort of digitally adding yeah. something in like just to to slightly imply something, it just feels like if they'd done that, it would be a bit more on the nose. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I think because it's because we live now in sort of Easter egg culture. Every there's, every there's so many things that could be Easter eggs if you try hard enough. Yeah, yeah. But I do, do you, mean do you... um, in the in the Squire of Gothos, it turns out that Trelane he has technology, so a lot of what he does is technology based, but. It turns out that he's like a he's a child, and his parent basically his parents turn up and tell him off at the end. And the parents <laughs> and the parents that turn up, they definitely could be. They're more like Q entities, I think, than Trelane is. Like Trelane is a baby Q, yeah. basically, and he's just been left to have his own stuff and mess around with mortals, and um, and then they call him on it. So I mean, yeah, I, I, I it's nice to kind of it's nice to have that to kind of connect these dots in star trek lore because you know it's it's what it's what fans of anything will do they'll look for patterns in something and connections and you yeah. know and like that's what head that's what head canon is right oftentimes it's uh <laughs> you're, you're, you're making your own version of the universe in your head and so yeah i mean i i think i think you know it's not trillian isn't Q by canon but there's enough there to, to, as a definite suggestion, mm. there's there's nothing to say that he couldn't be, mm. I suppose. And it's interesting you say in that episode that um, that his parents turn up at the end and tell him off. That that feels like that happens in quite a few Q based episodes. That that somebody superior to Q shows up, yeah, gives him a rollicking, strips him of his powers, mm-hmm. etc. Um, so we we should talk a little bit about what what Q is. And I, I happened across, there's a great, like, really uh, economic little soundbite mm. from one of the later Q episodes, um, True Q, that, re- that, that for me tells, tells you everything you need to know about Q. If you didn't know who Q was. Right. Well, who um, is Q? Tell me about Q. And it goes like this, and Q says... To put it simply, we're omnipotent. There's nothing, nothing we can't do. And what do you do with this power? Anything we want. There you go. That's Q. <laughs> That's what Qs are. <laughs> yeah, and, but to be fair, Will, not to not to um, urinate on that bonfire, but 
in the episode in the episode um, Death Wish, I feel like the cue that we meet in that he says that they're not omnipotent. Well, mm. and why? I, is it more that that they literally run out of anything they want to do? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the. Oh, I don't know. Maybe there is a point where he states they're not omnipotent. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I think I, I, to be fair, Will, I, I do think that that quote, that soundbite, is is pretty accurate. I, I get the impression that they're sort of, they come across as like, well, the one we meet is like a it's kind of bored. He's like a, a bored mm. god, basically. Yeah. Like, like almost yeah. like omnipotence is a burden, <laughs> um, and he envies envies mortals because mortals sort of get born, live, and die. They. And that and that finite nature of their life gives them a sense of agency. Yeah, definitely. I think that the more that we see of Q, uh, the the more uh, the less villainous he seems, and the more of a sympathetic character he is. Oh, well, like in some that, episodes, he, he he fluctuates, doesn't he? Because in the yeah. DS Nine episode, he's he's pretty villainous. Mm. Yeah, in a kind of. <laughs> I was thinking um yeah, that's true actually yeah in the in, in the comparison with Magic Man from Adventure Time I was thinking I suppose in Adventure Time which is an animated show it's easier the Magic Man is far more of a jerk I would say than Q oh, he's, he's almost jerk. permanently an antagonist sometimes he will do yeah. things to kind of teach people a lesson and he does have a bit of a towards the towards later series he does have a a bit of a yeah, a, tra- a bit of a tragedy in his in his life, and you, yeah. you find out more about him. But this isn't an Adventure Time podcast, <laughs> um, so I do think that because Star Trek is live action, perhaps the the jerkiness that you're able to depict with you, you can't do as much. So you ha- you kind of have to restore things quicker than you might have to in an animated show. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, I mean. I would say that there are there are times when he's he's pretty cruel, but but then he he just some he just sort of more often turn up because he's sort of bored. And in Q Who, he he actively assists them. He 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 is that he is that sort of he teaches them a lesson in a good way, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, it does. And you and you could say the same about tapestry as well, and and. All good things, in a way. I suppose we should we should talk about we should talk about his first appearance in um, Encounter at Farpoint. I think because he there he's he's definitely introduced as a villain. Mm. Yeah, he's putting um, humanity on trial. So yeah, and so I'd read that was it um, was it DC Fontana that wrote the uh, that wrote Encounter at Farpoint. I think so, or at least she she definitely wrote. She was involved in in it. Yeah, I think she did. Yeah, because I said so. Originally, I think Encounter at Farpoint was written as a uh, as like a regular length episode, and it was only quite late on in the development that it was decided that Encounter at Farpoint was going to be feature length, hmm. and they just didn't have they didn't have a feature length script. So um, Gene Rodenbury had a stab at it. And he 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 basically wrote Q in to pad mm. out the the running time, um, which which I think is really interesting because Encounter in Farpoint is we we've we've talked at length about that one in our episode where we talk about Encounter at Farpoint. 
Uh, Forever news about Encounter at Farfetch. <laughs> yeah, this is her episode. <laughs> but um, like it's it's a it's a weird pilot episode. I I, I like it. I th- I think it's fair to say the most memorable thing about it is Q. I think Q makes a really big impact in mm. Encounter at Farpoint. Um, so he, yeah, he sort of shows up. He he creates a um, it's something we don't see in in later episodes. It's like a weird sort of mesh force field, isn't it? Um, that stops the Enterprise in its tracks. Yeah, we, we, we see, see it that in, again. We see in high yeah, watching the episodes where that that kind of um, net is cast, it, that's a really early visual memory that I have of watching TNG. Like. It just, it just watching these episodes again. I remember that from like the earliest times I was watching TNG. So it's a memorable effect. But, um... Yeah, it's it's a striking visual, I think, and it's um, it definitely feels like it was like it was of its time. It makes me think of early TNG. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and um, yeah, Q shows up, and he yeah he basically puts humanity on trial, mm. and he kind of says humans are humans have just been a bunch of jerks for ages. You shouldn't be out in space. <laughs> You human jerks. <laughs> so I'm going to put you on trial, and it and like the counter at Farpoint plays out as kind of the the, the main story is around the, the kind of space entity and, the and crystalline entity. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But then in the background, you've kind of got Q judging them on everything that they do. Mm. Yeah, that, that episode, he's like, "We will, we will be watching your your adventures with great interest." <laughs> Perhaps for the next twelve years, and then into <laughs> two spin-off series potentially. <laughs> but then after that, there's no real, there's no real sense that the rest of the queue are particularly involved in that trial. It seems very much a, a John Delancey queue project. It is. Yeah. It is. It's uh, and that that's spoken of in in at least one other episode where another queue talks about his particular interest in humanity yes yeah so it is entirely although we know we know that other cube have had contact with humans because of, of the episode course, yeah. true q where yeah. we find out that that there's a, a, a young girl whose parents were q uh, yeah. who maybe became human and then there's death wish where he that Q has right. affected you. So yeah, so scrap that. So actually, All yeah. <laughs> Although it's always yeah, it's always commented that that John Delancey Q has a weird fascination with humans. We yeah. encounter loads of other Qs. <laughs> <laughs> we have a massive boner for humans as well. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? How yeah. Earth of, it's how uh, in in so many genres, um, Earth is fascinating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, do you, uh, Rick, do you have any uh, sort of immediate memories of um, of the first time we see Q in um, Encounter at Farpoint? Uh, I don't know, because I, I didn't see Encounter at Farpoint um, early on. So I'm kind of, my, my first encounter with Q was actually um, much later in Q Who. I, I missed his first mm. two. And so I was well into Star Trek Next Gen before I actually met Q. And so I always have a slightly weird thing with his first two appearances that they kind of seem a little bit weird and out of place because I got to know him as this guy threw through the crew into Borg space, which is a very different way. Um, 
which is a very sort of different encounter to his previous two. So yeah, look, I, I, I sort of then have a sort of almost a slightly detached view of him because I'm not introduced to him when I watch Encounter at Farpoint. It's not the introduction for me because I had that through other episodes. Um, yeah, but yeah, looking at it, I mean, it's it's very classic. Um, an, an advanced being turns up and puts them on trial and you know, tests them. This is something that occurs a number of times through um, through the original series. So it's a very classic Roddenberry idea to put in there. Captain, you may find that you are not nearly clever enough to deal with what lies ahead for you. It may have been better to accept sentence here. And a lot of the a lot of the kind of the, the consistent sort of cue tropes are established in Encounter and Farpoint, like his kind of flamboyance and his. Mm. Um, costumes and 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 his fascination with earth history yes. as well um yeah i mean he's a then, he's a classic sort of roddenberry character isn't he i would say and he like you were saying will he was he was sort of invented to pad out encounter at farpoint so and then and then from that point i suppose you have a character that you can do stuff with and and yeah. and, and, it, and it goes from there doesn't it because he he shows up really se- like really early on in season one again. I think it's only episode four, mm. um, hiding Q, which I I rewatched uh, on <laughs> as research for this um, episode. I don't think I'd watched that since uh, since it was first on TV many years ago. And I gotta say, I I thought it was pretty awful. <laughs> oh, see, I was the opposite. I, I rewatched this. I really enjoyed it. Um, although it, I can kind of see where you're coming from in, in the awful stakes, he's ridiculously over the top in this. Yeah. I mean, he's everyone, so everyone is. Yeah. It's all, yeah. it's so over the top. It's like Delancey brought so much to the character in Encounter at Farpoint. Um, and then when he comes back in for hide and cure, it's like, just take it up three or four notches. And then afterwards, I think they might have said, Take it down five notches in future. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously Q Who is a very different sort of an episode following on to Hide and Q. But, yeah, it, um, I loved it. I was, I, I, I'm not sure if I loved it because it was a superb episode. I might have just loved it just for the joy of seeing Delancey hammered up so much. I mean, I would like, I... Yeah, I hated this episode, but <laughs> but I think I think John Delancey's great at it, and I think actually he's I know, I know you're right, he, he's pretty OTT, but I think he's fairly consistent in his cue performance through mm. through all the episodes actually, and he's he is the highlight of this really weird, <laughs> oddly paced episode. Yeah, if anything, Q is is probably the best part of this episode because yeah the other characters that are sort of all over the place i mean it's only season mm-hmm. one to be fair so it's not like these are characters that have been around for a while and it's about the 10th episode i think so so yeah there's just weird stuff with with yar and picard and oh that was excruciating and, and, and yeah and, and, and um and geordie being a bit too impressed with grown-up wesley i mean that not not there's anything wrong with that like it's a thing then cool but but it's just, it was just odd you know it's, it's just uh it's so weird 
So yeah, because uh, uh, so Riker, um, Q gives Riker um, Q powers basically in this episode mm. just to fuck about. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be the only point. Yeah, uh, that's his and, main drive, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I and mean, I think he, I think he's sort of like he's got a bit bored with Picard because Picard's a bit too stuffy, so yeah. he's moved on to Riker. And uh, yeah, towards the end, Riker Riker starts giving the Enterprise crew gifts. And he makes Wesley into a grown-up, a grown-up Wesley, with like a bigger jumper. And everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love the grown-up Wesley is like this massive, tall, like built blonde surfer dude. Yeah, who yeah. looks nothing uh, like Will yeah, Wheaton. Grown-up Will Wheaton, who's now in his fifties. No, not, <laughs> didn't didn't really count. And Jordy sort of looks him up and down, and he's like, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Wes, not bad. It's like, geez, I mean, like, those those jumpsuits probably wouldn't hide a boner, so it's a good thing we didn't see a sort of full body shot of Jordy in that, in that instance, because, man... Um, Brad and from then, Neighbours. Yeah. He reminded grown up Wesley just reminded me of Brad from Neighbours. And that's going back twenty odd <laughs> years. <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, there's there's a really like a really weird bit where Tasha is Tasha's put in a in a like a penalty box mm. in this weird game that Q is playing. Um and she gets sent back to the Enterprise and she's like she gets really emotional. Like she, she Basically bursts into tears, and Picard's the only one left on the Enterprise. And he's like, well, "It's a really sort of awful, kind of patronising bit where she's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I should be, you know, I'm head of security, I sh- should be better than this.'" And I was thinking, "Yes, and yes. <laughs> you usually are." Yeah. What the fuck? And Picard says to her, "That you know, let's say when when you're on the, when you're in the penalty box, te- tears are allowed, something like that." And she's like, oh, "It's awful." And he gives her a hug and she's like, oh, if you weren't the captain. There is a new ship standing order on the bridge. When one is in the penalty box, tears are permitted. <laughs> captain. Oh, if you weren't a captain. Consorting with lower rank females, Captain? Oh, yeah, that's awful. Whoa. I mean, that, that's not something they really explore in future episodes, is it? How Tasha Yard kind of is into the captain. Mm. It, 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 feel, it feels like it's kind of a setup for Q to show up and start um, uh, ribbing Picard for fraternising with, with the crew, mm. really. That, that feels like that was the point of that bit of dialogue, but it's so weird. Oh, if Tasha had survived and heard about what happened to Picard at the end of season one of Picard, though, because you know she digs robots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> talking of, um, talking of um, data, sort of tangentially, there's a great bit in this episode where they're basically Geordie is doing commentary on Worf, and he says something like, he's got to, he's got to He's got to the third ridge, and Data goes the third ridge, like, in a, like an, an emotional. <laughs> what I would say, an emotional reaction to Worf's ability to get to a, a, a ridge. Um, yeah, it's all he can do to stop himself going fucking out. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him go. The emotionless android. Data. <laughs> 
So yeah, um, hide and cue, not a great episode, I would say. No, but I, I mean, I like that that you really liked it, um, Rick Everson, and you, you found things to enjoy in it. I mean, I, I, I would agree that John Delancey's actually really good in it, and again, there's the stuff here that really lasts through the rest of Q's appearances, like his obsession with uh, not just Earth history, but like Earth military history. You've got mm. the whole kind of Napoleonic um, yeah. uniform thing that come in, and we we see that again in like the kind of Civil War stuff that we mm. get in Voyager. And, and, that's, um, that's kind of a callback to Trelane as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Trelane had a mm. boner for historical um, military stuff. Yeah, so the next time that we meet Q is in Season 2. And I would say uh, Q Who is like an absolutely brilliant episode, but it's n- it's not it's not really about Q, is it? It's um it's all about the introduction of the Borg. Mm. But I suppose yeah, I I can I agree with. But what I would say is that it 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 reminds me of some it it it's Q doing proper sort of Q stuff. I would say rather than just sort of turning up and messing around which is definitely part of his character in this one he's sort yeah. of doing the he's sort of becoming a like an archetypal trickster character where he'll sort of antagonize mortals to teach them a lesson he's teaching he's teaching humanity the crew of the enterprise a lesson in this one to make a point um so this this yeah. this one made me think this one's where he's most like you're sort of um, he's most encapsulating um, the nature of his being, I would say, and reminds me the most of sort of the the, the sort of trickster archetype, which has been kind of um, he represents. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's the first episode where he's he's not an out, he's not an outright villain as mm, such. He yeah. is they they tr- act. They treat him like a villain because of their past experience with him. Mm-hmm. And I like that continuity that we get in Q Who, actually, that, that Picard is absolutely having none of it. Yes. He's challenging their hubris, it. isn't he? he? Basically, Q's challenging yeah. the hubris of the crew. Yeah. Cheer fucking hubris. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. If they'd been allowed to swear, then it would have been a really brief episode. <laughs> yeah. But it's still, I mean, it's still as good it. as it ever was. I... <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Do you know? I I think it's that it's it's Q like challenging the 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 overconfidence and the the, the sort of almost cockiness of mm. the um, of the flagship uh, crew and their their sort of attitude. I think that Absolutely. that's something that really makes that this episode work. Yeah, points out that he points yeah. out their arrogance, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. yeah. There's a great because Picard has the attitude that like whatever you can throw at us, we'll deal with it. And even when they they first come across the Borg, Picard's like, "Well, I'll talk. I'll just talk to them. I'll just do a speech on them." Right? <laughs> Q's like, "Well, you know, the Borg are a little bit different." And Picard's like, "Well, they haven't heard my speeches. <laughs> Listen to this," and um, and it and it doesn't work. And um, the you know by the end of the episode crew are in a really desperate situation and Picard is basically forced to ask you for help yes it's just a, and it's a brilliant moment um I just I love some of the some of the stuff which I think 
like maybe date Q who a, a little bit like there's a bit where the where the Borg show up in um, engineering, um, and the the crew they, they just stood there watching them, <laughs> and like eventually, <laughs> Worf shoots one Borg and it falls down, and then another one shows up, and that again the crew just stand there watching it. But then, it's like, oh, what are we going to do? Isn't and that part of the fact that they have they've never experienced anything like this before, and yeah. they just don't know. They haven't the first idea how to deal with it. Like, how many times have they been boarded? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. And and it, it does feel like that they've sort of got that arrogance where, like, mm. well, what are these guys going to do? Picard's still like, well, I'm going to, I'll, I'll. It's great they're here in person, so they can hear the tone of my voice when I do this brilliant <laughs> speech out and see the sincerity <laughs> in my eyes. Yeah. But also, it's it's an interesting uh, mirroring of um of how the Borg react when you beam onto their ship. Yeah. Mm. They also don't see you as a threat. Yeah. So they ignore you until, yeah. Yeah. You prove yourself to be a threat. But it's, um, yeah, and it, it, it does feel like the Borg are, are basically a villain we've not seen anything quite like in Star mm. Trek before. And it really kind of shakes things up. Mm. And I and, and Q's a great part of that and he's a great he's a great part of the episode because i suppose if the enterprise had just met the borg normally they'd have been destroyed mm, yeah yes. yeah yeah although i so, suppose that wouldn't it, that wouldn't have been how they did the story <laughs> like yeah. they couldn't have made the borg like the borg couldn't have been as powerful if they didn't have q with them to be able to get them out of the situation yes. like q enabled that episode to be such a great introduction to the borg by having them basically be in, like they would, they would have defeated the Enterprise. Mm. You can't really have a story unless you've got uh, like a handy cue <laughs> <laughs> to get them out of it. But it has a great, it has, and it has a great um, opening. The opening where Q sort of abducts Picard, and that that goes on for quite a while. Actually, that takes up a fair amount of the episode. And they didn't have to do yeah. that. They could have just gone straight. Yeah, sorry, Gemma. Looming. No, no, there's a slow looming build yeah. up of a sense of impending doom. Yeah, the music mm. is yeah. really good. Um and Q's a bit more serious in this one. He's not he doesn't joke he doesn't joke very much in this. Like he barely like he he cleans Picard's uniform because it's got Sonny Gomez's <laughs> chocolate all over it. <laughs> um, not yeah, not a yeah. not a euphemism. Actual chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, and yeah, and I would say this is an episode where Q's pretty, pretty serious. Like he's not, he's not messing around very much. Yeah, mm. he's he's still very much the same character. But this oh. is like this. I mean, this is sort of the darkest subject matter yeah. that we've we have seen. He's like we have business, Picard, and, uh, mm. and they do. Yeah, <laughs> petulance does not become you. We have business, Picard. Keeping me a prisoner here will not compel me to discuss anything with you. It will in time. And we get and and this in in a lot of ways this really cements like the kind of Q Picard relationship, which stretches all through TNG. I mean, I guess it's there right from the beginning in Encounter at Farpoint. But when I think mm. about Q and Picard, I think about that great a great moment at the end of the episode where. Where Picard does that speech yes. um, to to Q, 
you know you want to do it. Oh, I do, but I can't remember ah. it exactly. Uh, Rick we'll P, do it. you want to do it? It's something like you wanted to frighten us. Um, we are frightened. frightened. You want me to? You want me to say I need you? I need you. Some, it's, it's like that, isn't it? <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's in the room. You wanted me to say I need you. I need you. It's great. Oh, that, that, it's a great yeah. moment because it's it like Picard has to swallow his pride mm-hmm. and ask for help. But it's great. It's a great moment for that character because we see that he is not above that. Mm. Like Picard will, <clears throat> you know, he he is not so arrogant that he would he would risk his crew for his honor. Yeah, exactly. And it's a yeah, it's a brilliant moment. Well, in it. that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, um i know it's q this is a q episode mm. but are we going to talk a bit about guy and her oh relationship, yeah no we should shouldn't is, we because this in, is where it... i don't know if it really comes up again oh no it does mm. it does come up again when he loses yeah. his powers doesn't it yeah that we find out that guy has Got met q before or has yeah, or, some history with has, the Q. It, yeah, the Q at least. Kynan does like a weird when Guinan and Q encounter each other, she does a weird kind of little hand space yeah. kung fu pose. Yeah. That's it, yeah. It is I feel like that's what it is. It's uh, it's like magic or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, we we never ever get that relationship explained, do we? No, but I I don't mind that. But it does kind of come up again in um, is it Deja Q where Q is stripped of powers, and Guinan is. Like, I mean, everyone is really mean to Q in that episode. <laughs> Guinan especially. Oh, she is glorious. Oh, she tears him a new one. Stabs him with a fork. Is Q um, yeah. Guinan? Guinan's consciousness can transcend changes in reality, right? Because in Yesterday's yeah. Enterprise, mm. he stays the same between realities, mm. or at least a consciousness, yeah. I suppose. So, so on some level, her species is has got has got some sort of mojo, I suppose. But the Q can't. Yeah. I, I imagine the Q can't mess with the Alarans as easily as other kind of mortal species. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> But then I a lot of, a lot of kind of sense is attributed to the Nexus. Ah. Oh, so, okay, yeah. I, don't, I mean, we can speculate, okay. though. There's, 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 I don't think there was ever any real story intent behind it, apart from to add a level of mystery to Guinan. Yeah. Mm. It's cool. So, I, I love it. Um. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love the, f- the fact that they never explained it. Makes it a much better mystery than if they, if we knew what like what Guinan and Q's deal was, yes. <laughs> because it would be something lame. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that they never explain it makes it brilliant. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, should we should we talk a bit about um, Deja Q, hmm. which is the I think it's yes. in is it season four? No, season three. Three. Oh, it is. Um, yeah, three, three, yes, uh, and I would <laughs> yeah, three, yeah, yeah, three, 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 yeah. What you should three. have put that in your notes. I know, Which I didn't season put all of these episodes. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it! 
I've written, um, listeners, I've I've drawn, I've written some cue notes on our, our kids' whiteboard, and I've, I've um, but but they're not organised. They're ju- I just <laughs> it's a sprawl. It's, it's like splurge. I mean, it's like a neat spider diagram where I've listed words that are related to cue, but it's not. Yes, but there's nothing. It's not a spider. There's nothing connecting anything. But you know what? I would not have remembered the title Deja Q if uh, I was not reading it off this whiteboard. True. I can tell well, you there you go. It's earned its place. I can tell you, not, not at my age. My memory's not what it used to be. <laughs> we'll include a picture of the whiteboard <laughs> so in the show notes, shall we? Oh, definitely, yeah. Mm. Um, Deja Q, I would argue, has got one of the best uh, Q arrivals so like Q always arrives in a bit of a flourish, doesn't yes. he? And then this one, um, he shows up he, suspended in midair, but naked. Um, you can't see his dick because Picard's head is in the way. Um, you sound and like then you've he, he's free frame to check. Oh, oh, believe me, I have. And then you know we cut the credits, and it's like, what the actual f? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a great um, Q introduction. Yeah, and I I think this is where this is probably the episode where we first get a sense of the what the Q continuum are, um, because we find that Q is being punished for his like previous misbehaviour mm. and and stripped of his powers. I think until this point in the series, there wasn't really any sense that that Q was. Like that, there was any any you had a superior who would um, hmm. like be able to tell him off for anything. It seemed like he was all powerful. Yeah. Um. So that's really interesting, and we and we find out that in like a, the moment of his punishment, he didn't have long to decide what he was going to be when he was stripped of his power. So he decided to be human. Got sent to the Enterprise. It's a great episode. I really, I really, really like Deja Q. Yeah, it's it's really funny. Um, like the TNG crew get to be absolute dicks to Q, <laughs> which you know they they hate outsiders anyway. They do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially um, ones who've been uh, who who shown them up for their bullshit at times. Yeah, and they're all powerful. Yeah, because so they're because they're. Um, when we when the episode opens, there, the Enterprise is responding to a planetary emergency. Is it? Oh is yeah, like a, moon like a planet. Yeah, a moon's about yeah. yeah to crash into a planet, and immediately they're really? like, "Have you done this, Q? Is this this is yeah. is this moon problem you're doing?" It's like, no. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet it's it like, is. Yeah. That, that is the kind of thing I would do, but I definitely didn't do it. But you can't say it in a voice that's convincing. <laughs> I've crashed moons into planets all the time, but not this time. Like, <laughs> wink, wink. Oh no, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh? No, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> uh, but it's like it is. I think it for me, it's the first episode where. We, we actually really feel any sympathy for Q and I think it, it, it adds a lot to his character hmm. um, and he over the course of the episodes he sort of learns a, about humanity a bit more and he, he gets to um, gets to help out a bit uh, 
and he he kind of he's willing to sacrifice himself at the end to yeah like reluctant he doesn't really want to do it but he he kind of realizes that he that he should mm-hmm. um, and he takes himself off in a shuttlecraft and he's gonna so the because uh... there are some other aliens that he's also been a dick to who are going to come and get him and he he sort of <clears throat> yeah goes off so that they they can save the planet yeah but and of course like another Q shows up yeah. The first time we see another Q, I think. Uh, yes, it um, is. Well, unless you count Riker being a Q for a little while. Ah, okay. Mm. But that's a kind of a, <laughs> that's a minor technicality, really, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> and and they're like, "Oh, Q, you're you're all right. You've <laughs> you've done a self sacrifice at the end, so so that's you fine. can have your that's, powers you, back. Your slate is clean." And he come, you know, he shows up. He he he's he's heading up a mariachi band, isn't he? When he when he shows, which is my personal favourite entrance. Yeah, yeah. He gets to he gives um he gives Data a full on belly laugh, a laughing fit. Mm. Which is yeah good. because yeah because data it's, helps uh, him out basically data is yeah. his sort of um, um, chaperone whilst he's yeah. whilst he's on the enterprise um, which is a good partnership I think I don't I don't think in many many other um, Q episodes data sorry Q is partnered up with data and I feel like they're they're a good combo mm. well data is the only one yeah. who doesn't act like a dick to him yeah so <laughs> yeah. And and there's some nice parallel. There, there's a there's a great line where where um, data says it means that you have achieved in disgrace what I have always aspired to be. Um, you know humanity, <clears throat> and that's that. There's some really nice stuff there with data and Q, mm-hmm. like on the other sides of of the, their experience of of being human. Mm-hmm. There's really there's some really cool stuff there. I think. Yeah. And our data kind of he, like he data sacrifices himself. Doesn't yeah, he? he saves Q, doesn't he? He gets sort of electrocuted by these aliens that Q have Q's pissed off before. Mm-hmm. Q doesn't um, know how to deal with that at first. He doesn't really register until people yeah. kind of say, "Hang on a minute." But then he's yeah, then he starts to think about it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, some humility. I um yeah, I really rate Deja Q. <laughs> There is one thing that uh, doesn't ring true for me. There's um, his whole experience of of physicality, of being hungry, of feeling pain. There's a bit mm. when he, he he throws his back out just by bending over. Yeah, oh, and then he feels hungry and he hates it. He hates all of it. But if he's a being who's constantly striving for new experiences. That's a new experience, and surely he would be enjoying it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. good point. I guess it's just it's just for the sake of the episode, isn't it? It's a bit of. I I mean I can I completely agree. I think it's just for the sake of this episode. He's he's doing that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's you're nice. right. I mean, because he would have if he's if he's if he knows what a mariachi band is, then he's clearly well, he's yeah, probably been to Mexico. <clears throat> He's, I mean, he's I, been in I, human I, form I, and eaten, you know, he's done, he's been, yeah, he's had, he's had a holiday in Mexico, clearly, <laughs> in human form. So, 
Yeah. So you know, because he seems surprised by the idea of being. Hungry. He's had spicy mm. food. He's had yeah. spicy food. You know. Surely. Like, yeah. Yeah. But... Um. I suppose Q is a being who's able to, you know, alter fundamental levels of reality, though. So to suddenly yeah. be experiencing a body, yes, it's new experiences, but it's it's the loss of control that overwhelms. Yeah. It. I think that yeah. might mm. that might yeah. be more the cause yeah. of his discomfort because we all, you know, any of us who might enjoy going out and experiencing something new, if suddenly events are spiraling out of your control, that's a very strange and weird sensation. I think maybe that's why what he dislikes more than potentially looking back and reflecting on it, you might be like, okay, so that's what hunger's like. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. I can do now. I have control of myself and the galaxy as I wish again. And I, that, that's just made me think of how much I love that scene where, um, you know, where Q is hungry and uh, he's talking, he's in 10 forward and he's talking to Data about what you should mm. eat. And Data's like, well, when uh, when when Troy is kind of stressed out or whatever, she she will she'll always indulge in like something chocolate, like a chocolate sundae. Mm. And Q's like, fine, okay, I'll have ten chocolate sundaes, please. <laughs> and then and then guy and then like they have to go off and make. I mean, I I don't know whether they're using the replicator or what, but they take ages okay. about it. Anyway, Guinan shows up and stabs him in the hand <laughs> <laughs> and trash talks the shit out of him. And then, they, and then at the end of this scene, they show up with these Tetan chocolate sundaes, and he's like, oh, I've lost my appetite. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> it's great. And they all look crestfallen. Yeah, yeah. Great thing. Yeah. <laughs> so the next time that we see Q is in um, Cupid, which is a uh, like an absolutely ridiculous episode. But it's, but it's heaps of fun. Hmm. Uh, it's the one I would do, I always describe as the Robin Hood episode uh, because why, they, why will because <clears throat> they do a bit of a Robin Hood thing, <laughs> but it's like um, I, I think it's TNG's most successful foray into comedy. This episode, mm. I think this this is this is the funniest episode they they managed to do. Rascals um, has just got up and left the room in a huff. <laughs> Uh, Rascals is pretty funny, but it hasn't got um, Worf uh, saying that he's not a merry man or smashing a loot. Indeed. Um, and then, um, and it doesn't have Vash in it either. Vash is a is a great character She's in this great, episode. Yeah. Um. So yeah, in this episode, Q shows up, and he as like a follow up to Deja Q. He wants to do Picard a favor. Because Picard kind of did did him a favor in Deja Q by kind of putting him in a situation where he would get his powers back. Yeah, and so he decides he's going to teach him a lesson about love, and uh, it's 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 really like an excuse for them to <laughs> to um, be silly. Be silly, yeah. And, and this is um, Fashy's back, uh, isn't she? Yes. Yeah, because Picard's about to do a. Uh, uh, Picard's hosting an archaeology conference on the Enterprise. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, and I say that as someone who likes archaeology and, and, <laughs> and studied it uh, at university. But still, um, and he's get yeah, and Vash turns up because she's kind of wangled her way onto the council to p- potentially go down to the the planet Tagus. Is it Tagus? Tagus something? Yeah. Mm. Um, 
and so that kind of that kind of creates the awkwardness because um, she's on the ship and Picard is he's just um, one thing I, I would say about this episode is that uh, it seems people explain to Vash uh, Troy and Crusher and everyone that basically Picard's a very private person and that's why he hasn't told that's probably why he hasn't told them about her and I feel kind of bad for Picard that that sort of privateness is seen as a a sort of a problem because you know cause yeah he's just great. he is yeah. just private and and that sort of that creates that creates the issues between him and Vash and then that encourages Q to turn up and do him a solid yeah no one's very understanding of the fact that he's a, he's a starship captain on yeah. the flagship of the emperor uh, flagship of the enterprise it's not going to be gossiping. flagship of the enterprise flagship <laughs> of the federation <laughs> it's called the enterprise <laughs> And that, yeah, relationships are going to be really difficult for him. Mm. And he, you know, he clearly had feelings for Vash, and you know, it was, but it was very difficult. It was a very difficult situation for him to kind of, yeah, it's like they all have a public relationship. They all expect him to come back from Rice, wave a picture of her around, going, "Look what I hit! High five! (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. they all get Riker gets to wolf whistle, and yeah. But yeah, then yeah, no, no one is in any way um, sort of appreciative of the car situation. Mm. I mean, I, I can understand it from Vash's point of view. Like, I can understand why she's a bit hurt by the fact that Picard's not mentioned her. Yeah. On, on the other hand, she doesn't. She she's a pretty tough character. Like, she doesn't actually really seem like the sort of person who would be like that bothered by that do you know what i mean it's all a front though it's a it, it, it it's a, it's a big tough archaeology slash thief front to conceal the inside Aww. she wants someone to go back and boast about how they banged her on ricer mm. apparently <laughs> apparently that is what she wants <laughs> um was she i i read that she was actually the actress who played vash was um uh patrick stewart's real life fiance at the time oh did you know that, Rick? That's I, I didn't, but you know, um, Patrick Stewart has, has 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 loved many ladies, and I haven't kept up with all of them. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I think he yeah, like, I, th- I they... think he puts a, like a little a little mark on his um um and his and his home of of his conquests. <laughs> Do you think so? Yes, that's another one. Ha <laughs> 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 I think that's exactly. I do what think. Like. <laughs> I have to admit, I do think. Part of me thinks that Patrick Stewart is a lot like. Have you seen that episode of Extras that he's in? <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Yeah. I have to admit, as part of me that thinks he's really like that. He's like that in real life. Um, yeah, like he's a. I think Ricky, Ricky Gervais didn't actually write that episode. Um, <laughs> so Andrew Stewart showed up on set, and they just filmed what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I, I think um, Picard and Vash have some like some really good chemistry in this episode, and, mm. it, and if um, yeah, if she was his real life fiance, then that does kind of explain that to some extent, um, and that's that's partly what makes this episode work. And then, but this this is is the episode where I think uh, I think of most when um, a, a while ago we had a um, did an interview with uh, 
uh, friend of the show, Andy Golding of, mm. of um, Spoiler Podcast fame. And he talked about how he, um, we were talking about Star Trek and he said his mum had a real problem with Q episodes <laughs> because, and I quote, whenever he shows up, they, they just spend the whole episode playing silly buggers. And I, I think she meant this episode. <laughs> this completely falls on that. They do play silly buggers in this episode. But it's it's just loads of fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be, it doesn't take the crew long to accept, oh, we're in Sherwood Forest playing Robin Hood. They don't spend a lot of time trying to get out of it, really. They just sort of quite quickly yeah. accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, I just do. Googled it, and yes, they were together. Patrick Stewart and Jennifer Hedrick. Um, Ah, right, okay. They hook up on TNG. They dated during the third and fourth seasons of Next Generation after Stuart's divorce from his first wife. And during the film in the Cupid, they were engaged, mm. though they never made it down the aisle. Oh, that's sad. Uh, but, you know, I, I think Patrick Stewart's happily married he now, is, and that's, yes, you know... That concludes this instalment of Ten Backwards Gossip Corner. It's interesting. Wait, 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 wait. It's interesting though, because he first meets Bash in the episode where he goes down to Riser with a Disney. Yes. Yeah. Third season, yeah. so that's it's, probably where they got together. It's, it's, but it's funny. But it's funny how yeah he got he Patrick Stewart got together with an another actor in real life, portraying a character who goes down to a planet with a fertility idol to meet someone. So. So the, the Star Trek the the Star Trek universe has affected the our realm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so the, yeah, the, 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 the imaginal the imaginal realm has, has bled through into our reality. Just goes to show be careful with the Rajan Horgon. Yeah, exactly. No, no, but this is this is true. This is thing, interesting. Yeah. Like that's a that's a fertility idol or a or a I want to bone idol. Um <laughs> And but th- that's what they designed it for, and it worked. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was the unsuccessful follow up to Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. Bo- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's interesting though. That hog, that hog gun absolutely worked. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> I mean, it could be that Patrick Stewart is a charming man. He <laughs> was like that, a surely. successful actor on TV, and no, no, know, it's 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 pretty it's, it's, it's purely it's purely the idol. Uh, I gotta admit, I hope it is. The, I hope it is that is that is the literal reason. But um, <clears throat> yeah, Cupid is is a fun episode, and it's like a return to the more knockabout. Uh, silliness of Q from mm. from the sort of more serious like Q who and and like to, to a point Deja Q has a serious edge to it. So one thing that's interesting at the end of Cupid is that we uh, Vash goes off with Q. Yes, basically. Yeah, um, she surprises uh, him, doesn't she? Like she mm, she doesn't. Yeah. Uh, he's surprised by her by her reaction to what's going on. Yeah. He's intrigued by her. Yeah, and I, I I liked that actually. I liked mm. that Vash because she she's a pretty strong character in in this episode. Mm-hmm. She's pretty sassy, and I like that at the end she doesn't. You're maybe sort of expecting that Picard has won her over, and she's gonna 
hook up with Picard. Yeah. And yet at the other and the practicality is she's a guest star. <laughs> like she's not going to become part of the main cast. And it seems unlikely that they would go with a story where Picard sort of has an ongoing relationship. Yeah. But I still think it was it was quite nicely surprising that she was like, you know what, I'm going to make a decision for myself hmm. and do what I want to do. I'm going to go off with this nutty, like, all-powerful man. <laughs> See what happens there. Meet my new partner. Him. Why not? I'll tell you why not. Now, Jean-Luc, let's not be unkind. He's devious and amoral and unreliable and irresponsible and... And definitely not to be trusted. Remind you of someone you know? As a matter of fact, it does. Um, and I just thought that was quite true to what we knew about her character. Mm, yeah. Um, and and I liked that Picard's Picard's reaction to it. I like I liked that he like he wasn't pleased about it, but he kind of knew to, yes. that he didn't overstep and say, well, "You can't go off with this omnipotent dickhead." <laughs> He's like, ah, yeah, okay, fine. It's your choice. Yeah, but it, this does, est- and it, it's kind of important because it establishes um, that Q has a Q and Vash have a bit of a relationship, and that is something that comes up again mm. in in the, the the next encounter with Q. But so, what do you think? Should we? Should we talk about the DS9 episode, Qless, which is a direct follow-up to Cupid, or should we move on to the next TNG episode, True Q? Does Does anyone know which one actually comes first chronologically? Uh, no. Should we go straight to Qless? I think Qless. Let's do Qless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're skipping over to Deep Space Nine for... I an episode I regard one as one of the lesser Q uh, entries. I just I I don't think Qless is an awful episode. It's just to me it, it felt like this was very much an episode where they brought Vash back and she comes on DS9 and also Q is with her mm. rather than it being a Q episode. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Felt like they were, it felt like they were kind yeah. of. Um, they were experimenting with an like a concept. Well, how about how about we have a Q episode in DS Nine because this was in season mm-hmm. one of DS Nine, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I I would agree. I, it's it's not completely awful, but it's just it's just Q and DS Nine aren't a good fit. No, and I I didn't it didn't feel like they'd come up with a great kind of story for Q to get involved in mm. um, because really the, the main the main guest star was Vash I thought in, the episode, in this episode and she was really driving the plot Q, mm. Q was there uh, to kind of stir things up mm. as he usually is but he didn't really have a great part in the story I thought actually yeah um, he was just um, just just being a jerk sideline mm. Yeah, it seemed like they, it seemed like they wanted to tie DS9 to TNG, and I don't think it was really necessary. No, no. no. Well, um, there's plenty in there to tie it anyway. Chief O'Brien. The Chief O'Brien, yeah. 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 
So in the so this the story of this episode is that that they uh, um, a runabout shows up and they they found someone in the gamma quadrant uh, and it's Vash, a human, a human, and it turns out that Q had had left her a while ago, no, abandoned her no, in the gamma she quadrant. Leave him because they, oh, they they discuss right. that, don't they? I think that's she right. Walked, she walked away from him. And he shows up on the station because he kind of wants to get back with her. Mm. And he's like, he's he's quite un, unpleasant in, in parts in this mm. episode. He's very much like a sort of a controlling ex-lover. And, and yeah. Controlling and abusive. Yeah. Controlling um, with like unlimited powers. <laughs> yeah. And so they sort of manifest themselves in ways where, yeah, he... There's a, there's a scene where he literally kind of tortures her on the promenade, mm. doesn't he? With yeah. a, like a disease that um, she could have got if it hadn't been for him. Mm. Um, and it's, it's pretty horrifying. I can take care of myself. Really? Do you remember that tiny little insect bite you had on Erebus Prime? If I hadn't been there. I'm not going with you. The galaxy can be a dangerous place when you're on your own. It's not a great show for Q as a character. Thinking about what he's been through in Deja Q and and um, you know the the the, the uh, like in Q Who where it seems like he's he's trying to to he's actually kind of being sort of responsible and trying to help mm. humanity in a way. And then in this episode, he's yeah. He's just horrible. <laughs> I mean, he kind of like he gets a fun scene with um, with Cisco where Cisco gets to punch him, yeah, which is cool. But but he also doesn't um, he doesn't have a huge amount of interaction with the DS Nine crew in in general. He does get a scene with Cisco, but that's about it. Most of his scenes are with Vash, aren't hmm. they? He has like one line with O'Brien, doesn't he? Almost. Oh yeah, what you want the little people? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, to be fair, it's Brian true. was. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of um, feel like the Cisco scene was like really like, look, he's different to Picard because he punched him. You know, he even says, "I'm not Picard." It's a little bit on the nose, as, as Q certainly found out. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yes. Oh, <nice>. <laughs> <laughs> you hit me. Picard never hit me. I'm not Picard. It just didn't gel with the DS9 Q, did it, crew, in the way that it does with the next gen guys. Just no, and he did come off as kind of a just a bit of a jerk. And it, it, it felt like they hadn't really had any sort of new ideas about what they could do with Q. It, it, it felt very much like they had to have a Q episode in DS9 season one, and none of the writers had had a really strong idea about what that was going to be, but they, mm. they had to do it because they had the guest star lined up. Mm. Q, Q does nothing apart from try and plead with ba- with Vash to come away with him again. He has he, yeah. no stake in the story. He hasn't created the situation. Vash has got this weird artefact. That's what's doing that. He's not mm. trying to teach them a lesson. He's not trying to impart some kind of cosmic knowledge he's he's just there because he kind of because he just he just wants vash to come away with him again 
and that's yeah. it. And then the rest of it is just like, oh, well, I know what these guys haven't seen, so I'm just going to taunt them a little bit. Well, well, so what? Where's where's the where's the story in that? Yeah, and that's kind of it's 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 a disservice to Q in a way this story because it's not a Q story, but Q, yeah, it's, it, there's not even uh, there's not even a part for Q, and it's just a no. bit unfortunately. I couldn't help feeling this episode would have been better if it had just been Vash mm. that they'd found if Q mm. wasn't wasn't in it. Mm. I mean, Q does slightly disrupt an auction at one point, and that's the sort of biggest impact that he has. <laughs> the financial one. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it is a bit of a poor show for for uh, our, you know our favourite um, omnipotent um, trickster god, mm. and then he doesn't really get up to all that much. As uh, apart from as we've discussed, being an abusive ex-lover which mm. is like just isn't yeah. really all that pleasant to see no. and also not but, really not really in his character i would say yeah yeah because he i mean he he was he always had i guess you could say he had a bit of an abusive relationship with the yeah I with think, the tng crew yeah. he, but, uh, he but, put uh, them in front of the book yeah, yeah but, but, but that was that was for their own that, good. Well, yeah, from his point of view, exactly. There you go. And also, the one same... of them stabbed him with a fork, so you know it was two way straight. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't like. But he doesn't kind of. He doesn't kind of torture, literally torture, physically torture Picard, does he? Um, no, I know no. what you mean about that. That was weird. It was weird to see him be sort of mm. that. Petty. Mm. I feel like because Q, for all for all of his faults, his he he generally does what he wants to do. He doesn't he doesn't generally show sort of kind of he he's not malice. He's he's just sort of kind of curious. He's like he is curious mm. about mortals and he 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 just feels like he's gonna him turning up is the best thing that can happen to them like he's the life and soul of the party he's gonna make everything he wants to he wants everyone to do what he wants to do but Mm. but this is the first time we see him sort of lash out and you could you could say that that he wasn't in his mind he wasn't there was no malice in his act he was simply showing her why she needs him True. I mean, um, yeah, he wouldn't have seen it as abusive. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Going back, going back to the 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 Magic Man comparison. There's an episode in an Adventure Time where Magic Man turns. Magic Man. Magic Man is pretend. Magic Man is pretending to be a beggar, and yeah. Jake gives him some money, and and Magic Man turns him into like a giant foot. <laughs> and the lesson yeah. he and the lesson and it's horrible. And he's done this to other people as well. Like he's turned them into things, and well, just left was, them like that. Was, was the lesson for him to toe the line? The lesson, uh, no, uh, no, yeah, but no. good. But, lesson but, but the lesson was not to give money to jerks. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a better yeah. lesson, actually. <laughs> but this, yeah, but this, but this, this seems more where Q is more in sort of like Magic Man. Magic Man territory, I would say. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that it's that it's just a bit more um, it, it, when it, when he sort of 
toying with the TNG crew, it 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 feels more like it's. I don't know. There's there's some balance there. It feels like like more like they they can take it mm. because it's it's not personal. There's there's just there's just something just something a bit too much mm. too unpleasant about sort of yeah. torturing an individual. Yeah. For for not uh, but, accepting you back in their life. Yeah. You know. A, yeah. And yeah. It feels like it's just a bit too close to a kind of. I don't know, like a sort of a real world comparison. It's just a bit uncomfortable. Mm. Whereas when Q's just fucking about with the TNG crew and giving Riker powers and setting setting some Napoleonic alien soldiers on them, it's like, ah, you know, this is too this is too sort of obscure <laughs> for for it for him to be seem like that villainous. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, also I think it's fair to say Qless doesn't doesn't tell us anything new about Q or give us any insight into the Q mm. continuum. And it's it's an episode where Q shows up. I think that's the best way. Yes, considering Q is in this episode, it's it's by the by, isn't it? It's a, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a like you say, it's an unremarkable episode. Yeah, it's like this and it, say, it, he affects an auction and puts Bashir to sleep. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah it makes him yawn and then walk off screen. <laughs> and he's jealous, but like he's like he's an omnipotent being that's jealous of Doctor Bashir. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit of a come down, isn't it? Really, to be honest. I mean, even one Bashir as well, when he wasn't even cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, yeah, this episode was so successful that Q never shows up in DS Nine again. <laughs> Which I think is a fair decision. Like, I think DS Nine did need to stand on its own, and and yeah, I don't feel like DS Nine was less rich because it didn't have Q in it. No, I mean, it, it did have its own powerful godlike entities didn't it the yeah. the prophets yeah, and the power race so and they and, and yeah. they and they feel more they they feel far more in keeping with with the show yeah it'd have been a far more interesting episode if q had come up against the power race or, or the, the, prophets. the prophets yeah you know why why not like that would have been a, a story that he could have had a real part in mm. um could have explored something about what you know, maybe what the limit of his powers were. It would have been interesting to see who, like, who's going to win in a fight between Q and and, mm. and the wormhole aliens. Indeed, but they oh, didn't do that. That's that's our next fight episode sorted. <laughs> oh Brilliant. god, yeah. <laughs> Which we'll talk about more in part two. Exactly, because we've we've talked for long enough, um, and I think it's time for us to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And um, please join us for part two of this Q um, epic. And we're going to go into uh, all of the other Q episodes. So, should we all say goodbye for now? Yes, goodbye for now. Goodbye bye for now. Bye. And uh, join us for part two of Q. Please. Please. <laughs> please. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Do you realise how incredible this is? It's tradition. You ever noticed that bum? What? That bum. Oh no! I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.lowerdexradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters 
at at 10 backward, 10 being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at lowerdexradio.co.uk. On a personal, individual level, my Twitter is at Will Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr. Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund our ongoing projects like... Uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along, and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash lowerdexradio. Uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us, we would love it if you could subscribe to us or however get your podcasts through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or we're on various third-party apps. And if you could leave us a review on any of those, that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative. Thanks again for listening, and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 Backward Crew. Let's make sure that history never forgets the name. 10 Backward? Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that? 10 Backward. 10 Backward. Au contraire, mon capitaine, he's back!